Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, comics, film. TV, cartoons, only the nerdy tars can master all four elements and bring balance to the worlds of pop culture. Major Spoilers is here with the news, reviews, and all the things you love. Feeling more humble than Dikembe Mutombo after a stumble left him covered in a big pot of gumbo. Never bumble, never crumble, but my shirts are all jumbo, so get ready for the next level of nerdery, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 1011 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. This week we will be talking about the continuing saga of uh, Korra. And, the continuing uh, saga. The continuing saga. I cannot wait to talk more about that. But uh, we've got a lot of other things to get through. So why don't we start some things out with the news. Boom. All right. In the news, uh, Matthew Medney announced today that he is stepping down as the CEO of Heavy Metal Magazine. Now, that's a book that Stephen and I remember finding in all of the adult venues back in the 80s, still being printed. Medney served as the CEO for the last three years at Heavy Metal as the company sought to move their IP back to the film and the television-type arenas. Uh, last year, they actually signed a deal with Range Media Partners. Uh, Medley is going to be replaced by Marshall Lees, who is apparently a founder of Myth, and then Jamie Penrose, who is their current COO, chief operating officer, is actually going to stay with the company as well. Personally, I just want to see Tarna as CEO because think about that. She wouldn't talk to you. You'd just make her mad. She'd chop your head off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really know much about the specifics. I did read Medney's uh, statement where he was saying, hey, the last three years have been a blast, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if he was brought in specifically to move them back into the film and television areas and to get them a big deal. But, you know, apparently he's done that. And so now right. maybe he thinks his job is done. Uh, I saw another person on Twitter. Don't know. This is all unfounded stuff, but a person on Twitter while they were retweeting the variety story 
uh, said that, yeah, I've heard that uh, Heavy Metal Magazine's been in money troubles these last couple of years, which for most publishing companies, comic book, print, journalism, whatever, they've all been in money problems for the last uh, three years because of th- a little thing called a global pandemic. So, right. um, you know, just kind of keep that in mind when you see people going, oh, I think the company's in trouble. It doesn't necessarily mean that the company's in trouble when the CEO steps down. I mean, it could be, but uh, uh, check, check, check your facts uh, before you just believe anybody on the Internet. Check, check it. Yeah. Rodrigo, what you got for us? Uh, Disney Plus dropped a new trailer for the third season of The Mandalorian starring Ooh. Pedro Pascal. Uh, season three sees The Mandalorian as a man without a country. Following his admission, he removed his helmet in front of others. Uh, from the new trailer, <laughs> it looks like a lot of the action will take place on Mandalore, which means we will get to see uh, Katie Sackhoff reprise her role as Bo-Katan. Uh, we'll also get to see Baby Yoda, of course. And uh, Paul Song Hyung Lee as uh, Captain Carson Teva, uh, or Teva, I don't remember. The Mandalorian Season 3 arrives uh, on March 1st. You guys get to see the just trailer? just so you know, you have to watch like the last couple episodes of Book of Boba Fett to, to, to follow yeah. what's been happening. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they'll they'll. they'll. No, I mean, yes, the, the, sure the, book, the yeah. Book of Boba Fett is um, a horrible uh, TV show. With a really fun. great mid-season Mandalorian, a uh, uh, couple of episodes thrown in. Um, it was I'm not very horrible. It was not as good as the end. I am very excited about this. I don't know if you guys watched the trailer. Uh, it looks really good, although Katie Sackhoff doesn't show up in the trailer. But uh, Bo-Katan, uh, I be- I don't remember. Does she have the black sword? I think she does, or the black saber. Yeah, yeah he gave it to Bo, but isn't um, Darth? Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Poco Loco. Yeah. Darth Breaking Bad is after them because he mm-hmm. wants the saber for himself. Yeah. But because she has that saber, she's now supposed to be, and she's rightfully the leader of, of Mandalore. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. And, uh, you know, the, the Bo-Katan character showed up in the animated series uh, for years. Right. And so there's a huge backstory on her and her role, which I know some people, I, I kind of geek out over that kind of stuff that they, she also voiced the character in the animated series um, mm-hmm. to see that come over, I think is, is really kind of cool. And of course, yeah. uh, Paul Sung Hung Lee uh, as Captain Tiva is really cool because uh, for those people who are fans of um, uh, the, the show about the convenience store uh, that slips in my Kim's mind. At the moment. Yeah. Kim's convenience. Uh, it was great when, you know, he's a huge star Wars nerd, first of all, uh, he goes to conventions uh, dressed up in Star Wars regalia, and then they were like, "Hey, would you like to just make a little a little role in?" I can't remember if it was the first season or second season where he shows up as one of the the space sheriffs uh, for yeah. the uh, for the Alliance, and then he showed up in season two again, and we see him having a kind of a bigger speaking role in season three. So I want to see more of him in the Star Wars universe, and I want to see a, a, a what's the a Black Series action figure of him as well. So I'm kind of excited about this. Anyway, yeah. nobody else excited? No, just me. I am super uh, excited, yeah, but I don't like trailers. I especially don't like trailers for uh, like shows that are limited run because I saw the trailer for, God, what was it? What was that last thing that came out from Marvel? Uh, Ant-Man? No, after Ms. Marvel, it was a TV show. Oh, she uh, Oh, sure. Yeah, I saw a She-Hulk trailer, and the She-Hulk trailer was like, 
showing me things that are like these this will not show up until the ninth episode but you don't know this so you're going to sit there and you're going to watch for it and then it comes up in the ninth episode and you're like oh there's that thing and then i don't know if you saw the last episode of she hulk they did the twist but the trailer was like straightforward here's exciting things to look forward to and right. the show was like no yeah this and isn't I, what this show's about right i loved the show but i felt like the trailers were very very Badly misleading yeah they felt like they were put together by somebody who expected the show to be what the trailers thought the show was going to be and it wasn't yeah there's probably a longer discussion to be had about that show and trailers specifically but we'll have to save that for another time uh <laughs> there's the a third time he said that to me tonight by the way that's like, no, only the second time it's the third time he said that to me he forgot one. he's gonna say it three times and then <laughs> And, and then, then, Matthew will be fully and then I will have to go and hang ramp. myself after uh, selling Matthew out for a, a uh, cheeseburger. No. Well, maybe. Anyway. Well, well I could use a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> There's a comic book crime spree taking place in Canada, kids. Oh. In the last two weeks, two comic stores were broken into as the criminals made off with $120,000 worth of merchandise. The first occurred yeah. on January 9th at Captain Can comics in Brantford in Ontario, where the criminals made off with $75,000 in collectible comics, including fantastic four. Number one graded at 2.5 graded at a 2.5 grading uh, worth $24,000. The second happened just the other day, Monday as of, of this recording, January 16th at wizards comics and collectibles in Edmonton, uh, where more than 40,000 comics, uh, magic, the gathering cards and Pokemon cards were stolen. If you have any information or come into possession of stolen goods, make sure you don't let the Canadian authorities know, eh? I thought Canadians were super nice people. Here they're breaking into, into comic book shops. Well, nobody said it was Canadians. Oh, maybe it's one of them filthy maybe. Americans. I think uh, Canada America. needs to build a wall. Yep. Yep. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? You can join in the conversation about these stories and more over in our Discord server. You can join the Major Spoilers Discord server for free. We would love to see you join our growing community of awesome spoilerites. There's a link in the show notes. Cat gifts are waiting on your arrival. There were a ton of cat gifts. I don't know if you've been over there lately, uh, Rodrigo, but the uh, general section just has nothing yeah. but cat gifts in it. I, I've seen some cat there gifts. Are, yeah, there's so many. There's so many meme things that are going on. They even had to create a sub meme section uh, just for all the memes that people are sharing. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Go and check that out today. All right, let us do some reviews. I haven't looked to see what everybody's reviewing this week. My guess is Rodrigo is going far into the future. Uh, Matthew and I, well, yeah, we're both reviewing DC Comics out this week. Um, yeah, let's do a Nightwing number 100, Matthew. Is it worth all of the hype? Well, I don't know about all the hype because, weirdly, even though I work for major spoilers and am aware of all of the stuff, I sort of just don't pay attention to the hype. I will say this. Uh, it is a beautiful front cover. The cover is of this the Jim Lee one, or which one are you looking at? Fine. Oh, there's more than one. Yeah. Uh, the one that I'm, I hope it's not a Jim Lee cover. No, I think it's um, by the interior artist. Scott with, McDaniel. Uh, no. The one who's been drawing the book now, whose name escapes me. Um, I apologize. Bruno. Bruno Redondo. Um but the version that I have has about a hundred characters on the front page. Uh, it's got your Supermans and your Batmans and your Teen Titans and 
all of basically all of Nightwing's friends and enemies and old pals. And for some reason, Black Adam are all just kind of hanging out on the cover. So inside the book, I did not have high expectations. And part of that is the fact that it's probably been about 2016 since I've been really, really excited, impressed, you know, really on board with a big DC initiative because they're running three or four big events at a time. I remember Rebirth and I'm like, oh, I like the changes we're making in Rebirth. I feel good about this. This is something positive. It immediately got, you know, kind of snowed under and changed. And so as I went into this, I was not expecting anything super wonderful, really amazing. And it starts with Batman and Nightwing standing at Alfred Pennyworth's grave. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then we cut back and we see, you know, what happened to lead to this point. The city of Bloodhaven, if you remember Bloodhaven, it's a... a it's in New Jersey. <laughs> Be nice to New Jersey. Bloodhaven is across the river from Gotham, and it was always the city that out-Gothamed Gotham. In recent memory, it's become a city that out-Gothamed Gotham, not because of criminal intent, but because of corporate greed and grift. So the police force is basically feeding anyone they can, arresting people on false pretenses to put them into the Bloodhaven prison, where they are then cheap slave labor, uh, like the Shawshank Redemption. And so we open with this newish villain called Heartless. I know little to nothing of Heartless, but I know that Heartless seems to know who is under Nightwing's mask. And Heartless breaks into that prison and lets everybody out. Everybody includes Anatoly Konyazev, the KG Beast. I thought he was so, dead. Oh, he was dead, but he's not dead anymore. Uh, also, a guy called the Elephant Man, who's an elephant man, and hundreds and hundreds of armed creeps onto the streets. And Nightwing is like, okay, I'm leaping into battle. And we have about a five-page sequence that starts with young Dick Grayson, then Disco Nightwing, then Cool 90s Nightwing, then Red Blood Red Nightwing. And it's basically a sequence of Nightwing by five different artists doing a flip down to ground level and his costume evolving till modern Nightwing hits the ground. And I'm like, oh, visually striking, really cool, a great way to take and showcase your artists because Scott McDaniel has a big page and then you have a Leonardi page and it just really goes well. And then Nightwing hits the ground, leaps into a group of these criminals, busts a couple of heads and says, all right, I know that many of you are unjustly imprisoned. And I know that many of you still love Bloodhaven as a city. And I want you to help me. And some of them do. And then Nightwing grabs his communicator and calls for help. And the Titans show up, and Nightwing and the Titans go into full-on battle mode. They're taking the city one bit at a time. A beautiful moment, by the way, is when Elephant Man is like, I'll crush any one of you. And a little green bird flies down out of the sky, and Elephant Man is like, I crush green bird. And the green bird turns into a bigger elephant, and they crash into each other. And the Elephant Man falls over, and then you just get this shot of Beast Boy 
with a big fake grin on his face as elephant man is lying, you know, on the ground with his head smashed in. It's beautiful. It's a lovely moment. Guy's clearly alive. He's not dead. He's just unconscious. I like that. I really like the fact that where Batman might have doubled down and gone, only I could save my city. Nightwing calls for help. Nightwing brings in the troops. Nightwing takes KG Beast one-on-one. And when KG Beast says, I will overpower you, Nightwing says, well, the difference between you and me is I have friends. And so they resolve some of these issues and they resolve some things. And then Nightwing gets a visit from Superman and Superman has a job for him. But that's another story. That's something coming down the line. I don't want to spoiler that bit for you. But I do want you to understand that if you, I've heard a phrase on the internet lately, uh, Tumblr Bat Family, where people are like, oh, um, you know, the Bat Family doesn't act the way in the comics, the way that fans want them to. And if you're the kind of person who really wants Nightwing to turn to Batman and say, I love you, dad, and Batman to say, I love you, son. It's a very, very hard row to hoe. That is not a moment that's going to be easy to write. Tom Taylor has made something that I feel will satisfy you if that's what you really want to see. It is very impressive. It is very well done, and it is very well drawn. Bruno Redondo is amazing, and his Nightwing is really, really great. And you can look at this guy and say, that's a grown-up Robin the Boy Wonder. And this ends with me feeling cool and on board and, and maybe even optimistic about DC's big new initiative and saying to myself, four slices of meatloaf for this really good Nightwing celebration. And I don't necessarily love Nightwing. I don't necessarily love, you know, anything about it. I do like the fact that the Flash is in this, but yeah, if you have said to yourself, will this live up to the hype? You're going to ask yourself, am I going to pay $6.99 for a comic book? If you do, I feel that you will be satisfied with this package. And then, of course, there's a thing at the end that'll make you go squee. Four slices of meatloaf. Buy yourself some Nightwing or don't. I'm not your boss. I think I can, I think I can top that, Matthew. You can um, top me? I think so, uh, both in cost and meatloaf ratings. Oh, you can go better than six ninety nine for a I single can. comic book. I can go seven ninety nine for Batman. One bad day, Bane number one from DC Comics out this out this week from Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter. Back in was it ninety two ninety three? I was buying any comic book on on the rack pretty much, and I remember grabbing Vengeance of Bane the very first appearance of Bane told his story on, uh, uh, what is it? Santa Prisla or prison or wherever he was at. And you know how he got shark. What's that? I think it was St. Shark, San Carcharo. Yeah. Wherever it is, wherever he was at, uh, and how he used venom and then how he then became a character in the main Batman title and broke Batman's back and all of that stuff. Um, there was a really great Legends of the Dark Knight series called Venom, where it shows where the Venom drug came from and how Batman was addicted to that uh, drug. Batman One Day, One Bad Day Bane, I thought was just going to be a rehash of everything that we've already read before. 
And it is, but it is more. The story takes place at some unknown future point. Bane is living in Mexico. He is a wrestler. And he goes out and does his, his wrestling gig. He just, he's not juiced up on Venom. He's kicked it, but he can still uh, kick behind. And one of the big attractions is when uh, someone comes into the ring dressed as Batman and he does the whole I will break the Batman routine as part of his wrestling gig and the fans love it and all this stuff. But he goes home at night. He's very wealthy. He goes home at night. And, you know, you can tell that when he broke Batman's back, that that was the highlight of his life because he's got the newspaper framed hanging above his fireplace. Uh, and then a kid breaks in and says, Hey, I've got some venom. There's a guy in Texas who's selling venom. And we find out through this story that Batman and Bane teamed up to rid the world of the venom drug. And so, yes, there are references to vengeance of Bane. There's references to, the Legend of the Dark Knight uh, series, which I thought the, the Venom story was very good. I think we reviewed it on the Major Spoilers podcast before. Uh, there's references to when Bane killed uh, Alfred in 2018. And Bane goes on this quest to go to this drug facility and shut it down because he wants to beat Batman one more time. And you think that it means that he's going to like get the Venom, he's going to juice up, and he's going to go in and beat the crap out of Batman. No, he wants to. The, it's such a petty, it's such a petty thing, but it is so on brand for Bane that there was a thing that happens in the story between Batman and Bane uh, that Bane just can't let it go. And so in his mind, in the way that he's going to beat Batman is to go and destroy this Venom facility before Batman can get there. And then once all of the venom in the world is gone, then he and Batman can have their true one last fight to see who is better. And I won't ruin the ending, but Batman does show up and he does give Bane a challenge and Bane accepts the challenge. And I got to tell you, as someone who picked up that first issue of Vengeance of Bane and has followed Bane on and off, you know, through the years to see what he has become. This is a freaking great story. This, I, I will admit, this brought a little tear to my eye at the end because of the way that the story ends. Yeah, maybe it's kind of cheesy, but I thought that this is, uh, I just thought that this was a great conclusion to everything that we've had about Bane over the years. Uh, the art is pretty good. It's very detailed. It's very, there's a lot of uh, little cross hatchings and scritchy scratches here and there that I think people will dig. I think composition and framing and the way that the colors are used. Howard Porter does a fantastic job in this. Uh, Bane, uh, you know, still has a lot of, of good moves up his sleeve, even though he's not using Venom to juice himself up. If you like Bane, and I, I really went into this with very low expectations because I know how the Bane character has been treated over the years. Um, one bad day Bane is just knocked me off my feet. And I was just sitting there at the end, just going, wow, this was a great story. This was something that makes a lot of sense. It weaves in 
has continuity and history uh, in all of these appearances. And I, I wonder if there's this one bit in the story, which I couldn't find anywhere that was referencing a specific story, but it might be referencing a side quest in one of the recent Batman Arkham City games. Um, it has just done, it just is a really well done job. And, and Joshua Williamson uh, did his research on this piece to really create a nice concluding story to Bane. Now I'm sure Bane's going to show up uh, again in the future at some point. Uh, but I think that if you're looking at your, your Logan, everybody loves that, that Wolverine movie, Logan, this is Bane's Logan. Is that's, that's the best way I can describe it. And it's really good. It earns, it earns every piece of those five slices of meatloaf. You're going to eat the whole loaf this week. If you pick up Batman one bad day, Bane number one, it is seven 99 Matthew. So, um, it is a, it is a chunk to swallow. It's part of the black label line. So, you know, there's some, eh, there's a little, maybe gory violence. There's no nudity. There's no sex, just some violence and drug use. Um, I, I dug the crap out of this book and I think you guys will too. And if you want to either pick up Nightwing 100 or Batman One Bad Day, or even the book that Rodrigo is going to be talking about here in a moment, there are links in the show notes to our Amazon affiliate link. And you can click on the link. It'll take you there. You can buy those comics, uh, read them in your comicsology or get them uh, in, in uh, physical form if you like. If you don't go, if you don't have a local comic shop and a little bit uh, comes back our way, but uh, sounds like two winners from DC this week. So there you go. Rodrigo, you're wrapping up our review section with the secret history of black punk record zero. That's right. The secret history of black punk record zero. I sat down looking for comics and I was like, there was something about this silver sprocket. Mm -hmm. uh, you did last company. Week. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I didn't remember. And what it was is that they're very indie. So of course, once again, I had a lot of uh, trouble finding uh, their information, um, but I managed to do it. Uh, I think they're up and coming. So uh, the secret history of Black Punk colon Record Zero is a is basically a zine um, for uh, the history of Black Punk rock. So it takes you from um, from like Sister Rosetta Tharp to Nova Twins, right? Um, and, and lots of stuff in between. And I think it's part of an ongoing thing. It's not numbered, but I think it's part of an ongoing project. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's great. It's very informative. It, all of the, uh, it like cites a bunch of sources cause here's the thing. Um, it, as we know, it is pretty easy for a company to start putting out, um, sort of biographical material, right? To make comics out of the life of Hillary Clinton or the life of whoever, right? And it's easy to do that just by basically going through Wikipedia, adapting that to a comic book, uh, getting an illustrator to whip something up, and then slapping it in your store and, and hoping it sells. Uh, this isn't that, right? Um, it is very lovingly rendered. Uh, there are comics in here. There are illustrations. The 
uh, what do you call it? What do you call it when you like set the type and lettering? No, typography. You know what I mean? it, 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 it's like uh, you know, you're like setting stuff on the page, but then you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this title like crooked, and I'm gonna like make the columns do this instead. Um, whatever that's called, what whatever like the the that type of editing is called, uh, it's it's well done in the secret secret history of black punk. Um, uh, there were lots of there were lots of bands and lots of people in this that I had never heard of, um, because like a lot of things, uh, the history of black people in rock and roll is very suppressed. Um, it's suppressed both by the uh, record labels who don't push them very hard, and it's suppressed by the white bands that kind of rip them off. Um, so it's good to have something that's specifically, not just specifically to black rock and roll, but to black punk and sort of where that um, where that is and how you define that and everything else. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's fifteen bucks, um, but it is worth it. I think um, it's also larger than than the than the usual comic. Uh, let me see how many pages it is. It is uh, sixty sixty eight ish pages. Okay. Um, so pretty good. Um, yeah, I I'll give it five slices of meatloaf. I think it's it's really good. It's a it's a nice way to get your history, right? It's like it's great that somebody just went out and did this, right? And uh, the the fantastic thing about it nowadays, right, is that you can look at this and be like, "What is a minority threat?" or "What is polystyrene?" Mm -hmm. Right. And you can go to YouTube and you can find it and you can listen to it because there are recordings floating around. Right. So you can you can definitely use that as a companion to this. And, you know, you can listen to the music right away because we live in an age of wonder, uh, even if uh, even if a lot of the time it feels like the end times. So, yeah, <laughs> black uh, the secret history of black punk uh, record zero. Pick it up. Uh, you can find it on our Amazon uh, link. Mm -hmm. Um, it's good times. So I, I don't know if you've watched this documentary yet, Rodrigo. I think I've talked about it before. It's mm -hmm. certainly worth your time. I watched it back in, I don't know, 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. Uh, and I've been meaning to loop back around to it because I was just remembered how struck I was with how great of a story this was. Documentaries is called a band called death. Yeah. Uh, a black. Yeah, they talk about, they bought, they talk about death. In okay, this. cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's this, uh, so if you, anybody wants to know more about them, they are like one of the earliest, if not the first black punk band uh, in the 1970s. Uh, and it is an amazing documentary, uh, charting, charting these, uh, the life of these, uh, musicians and how some of their music was only found after 2012 when they found it right. in a box in an attic. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, so good. So if you can track it down, it's on most of the, I know it's on Apple, uh, on the Apple service, a band called death. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, you said you've seen that one, Rodrigo? No, but they talk about death oh, okay. in, in the, uh, 
in Sacred Big History of Black Punk. Okay, very cool. It, it's uh, it's worth checking out, and we've got some real winners this week for people to go and pick up at their local comic shop or using that affiliate link. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.